initially it was me just trying to work on me um, and just trusting that God had me there for a purpose and was going to continue to do the work that I knew was necessary in me. Yeah. But I think what helped me continue to trust in God and what he was doing was seeing how much you were putting your everything into trying to do the same for yourself. Yeah. So if I hadn't seen the same type of initiative and the same type of desire to want to be a better husband from you, mm -hmm. um, I could have spun my wheels as much as I wanted to and tried to be the best I could. But if you weren't doing the same thing, I think it wouldn't have, it would have helped, but it, it would have been then me carrying yeah. the relationship, which is so challenging for somebody to do. Yeah. And, Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment, and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. If you are listening, just stop. Stop what you're doing. Put down your audio device. I want you to go over the computer and I want you to find this on YouTube because today I have a special guest with me. My beautiful and wonderful wife is here. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast, huh? Years. No, not At years. least 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to have fact checkers going right from the get-go. Um, it's probably been a year, right? Yeah. I think it was before COVID. Yeah. All right. When we were doing in the playroom at the house. Whoa. Doing what? A podcast. Oh, my gosh. This is a PG podcast. Oh, my gosh. Dirty, <laughs> dirty boy. We're going to talk about sex later anyway. So just getting prepared now. All right. All right. So um, this is going to be the final. This is the final episode of season number two. Um, we've gone probably 25 or 30 episodes. I've been talking to guys a lot. Um, primarily men about manhood, masculinity, uh, marriage. And so I felt like it was a good idea to bring my wife on the podcast today to talk about our marriage from her perspective. So you just get to light things up. Um, but I think it's super helpful because um, as I've been doing things more publicly, I guess publicly for a long time, but I think that um, after my TikTok went viral, uh, my first one, and I started getting some women that were pushing back on me. Like, what does his wife think? Remember that one? Like someone commented and said, I'm sure his wife doesn't agree with this or something. And yeah. then I tagged you and you jumped in. I just felt like it was good because it's easy for me to just rail off a whole bunch of thoughts, ideas, opinions. I mean, I can kind of say anything and nobody knows whether or not it's true. All right. That's just kind of my perspective. And so I felt like it was helpful for her to come on today to talk about um, our marriage from her perspective, us to dialogue around that. Um, but I didn't want to just start with present day. I wanted to take a journey back down memory lane. So as you know, I've been writing my book. And so digging up a lot of obviously really hard uh, memories and thoughts. And that's never awesome. But I think it's super helpful for perspective because if somebody was just to catch an episode of my podcast, social media now, they would think that our life is has always been and is always glorious. And it is now, right, for the most part. Yeah. Um, but I think that, it, or I know that it wasn't always that way. So I wanted to start off um, by 
you sharing a little bit of your perspective on early days of our marriage. Hmm. You're going to do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want, um, but maybe kind of just take through, you know, from first getting married and then maybe kind of where you started to see things were going off the rails. Okay. Well, um, I feel like everything was great, especially in the beginning. We were having a lot of fun and um, enjoying being husband and wife together in our own house, which was so fresh for us, too. I feel like I should hold your hand for this part. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should hold your hand. Maybe. maybe. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think everything was great from what I thought it should be. Yeah. And then... Things just started to get more challenging. Okay, as... wait. Can, can we can we hold on that? Sorry, I, I do. I want I want to I want to hold for a second there. So you said that things were great from where you thought it should be. So what was your kind of framework for what marriage should look like? Um, obviously, I know you had some influence there, but kind of what were your expectations going in? Well, I don't know that I had many expectations other than. I get to live life with my best friend and experience life and share that with that person. But um, life gets hard. And I think those are the things that we weren't ready for, Yeah, you know, especially as we'll probably talk more about, like for us, I think the biggest struggles were our finances. Yeah. And then that became um, a struggle that turned into, well, I'm making this much and you're making that much and you should be able to spend this much, but I can't spend that much. And I think that's when it started to get ugly. Okay. So uh, we'll probably touch on that in a second. Ugly. Um, But do you feel like, and I want to talk about this again later, kind of from a different spot, but do you feel like it was finances or do you feel like finances just exposed a deeper root issue? Um, I think at the time for me, it was just finances. There was a lot of things I wasn't aware of like about myself and about you. Yeah. So I think it was initially, I thought it was finances driving most of the stress and frustration between the two of us. But as we grew into our marriage and then eventually God grabbing hold of both of us individually doing a work in us so that our marriage can actually thrive in the way that God intends it to, yeah. I think I looking back, I can say we were both selfish. Yeah. Yeah. And it just kind of came out through finances for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think too that it, it's kind of fascinating when we think about like dating um, for a year, engaged for six months, um, but friends for years before that. We had no problem communicating back then, right? I mean, I, I always kind of joke and you love to really stick a, deep knife into this one, but I told you everything all the time, you know, before we were married and there was no holding back. And then I think part of what I realized now is that when we got married, um, we didn't really know how to communicate well as a married couple. Like we did in the sense that we shared our feelings for each other, particularly when they were good. We had a lot of fun together. You know, there was a lot of I love you and it was very intentional and meaningful. Like there was there was nothing fake about that. But when we started to experience challenge or frustration and finance became a big part of that, we didn't know how to talk about that. 
Yeah. Right. And so that kind of got internalized. And I thought what I thought, you thought what you thought instead of expressing those things. And I think another thing probably that that exposed was we weren't really set up well Mm -hmm. to get married in the sense that, you know, I mean, we've gone through counseling with other couples where we're counsel couples that are going to be married or even talking to uh, couples that are struggling. Uh, these are the uh, the the joys of being a pastor's wife for years, <laughs> but also then just now. But we talk about setting expectations ahead of time, and we never had that conversation, right? No, we didn't. I don't think that we realized how important that was. Yeah. And I still think, like, looking back, we were young. Yeah. So we were still pretty immature. Yeah, 22. And there was so much for us to learn in terms of life. Mm-hmm. real life, like not life when you're just partying and having a good time, which we were really good at. But, um, <laughs> hey, that's a high five, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the hard stuff, you know, trying to have a budget and yeah. pay your bills on time and then also still enjoy your marriage together. And then we had a kid early on. So that threw a whole different, yeah. um, you know, thing in the mix. So there was a lot to it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, um, when did you start to, when do you feel like you started to realize there was an issue? And it just doesn't have to be a date thing, but do you remember kind of like feeling a certain way or? I don't have a date. I think, I think for me, it started when I left work and stayed home with Mm -hmm. Alexis the first, not the first time, but the The second second time. So for context, uh, Michelle got pregnant. Uh, We found out when we were, Three and a half, four months into marriage, she probably got pregnant on our honeymoon or within a week after that. I've shared that story at times before. Um, so she, uh, once she had our first daughter, she was able to stay home uh, and she did for three years, right? Right. And then um, went back to work for sanity's sake, kind of more than anything in the yes. beginning. Uh, and then, so you feel like it was during that period of time? That's when I just started to feel, and that was probably just based on my own insecurities of now I'm a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. I still at that time, I think, was the only, out of all of our friends, the only one that had a child. So yeah, I was kind sure. of on my own. You were working a ton. Yeah, too much. And so <clears throat> I, at times, felt like a single mother. Mm-hmm. And then I think my parents had already moved out of state yeah. at that point. So I didn't have that resource and like even just that sounding board to like, just spend time with during the day. Mm-hmm. So I really felt alone. So then feeling alone, then I started to feel insecure as my role as a wife and a mother. Yeah. And I think um, the finances were like the, the ugly head that just kept rearing itself. Even if it wasn't really in the moment, what was, what the struggle was, I kept feeling like that was the struggle. And I started to feel insecure because I wasn't making any money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I kind of think there's like the twofold problem there, which was, on one hand, I wasn't doing what I now know would have been um, constructive things to help build up uh, value. I mean, I, I don't want to um, make it all bad because obviously we we still had a lot of positive conversation, a positive interaction. I loved you deeply. Uh, I'm sure that there was plenty of compliments that were made, but I, I didn't even understand really how to properly build you up and express the value that you were contributing without it kind of sounding like I go to work, I make the money, you stay home with the kids. 
And I know I never said that directly, and I would have never meant it that way per se, but I just think that it was projected. So I think one side was I didn't know how, but then I think the other side was that then when shit hit the fan or when frustration would happen, then there was this, the selfishness that you talked about, which then it was, um, uh, not what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours, but this is what I'm contributing. This Mm -hmm. is what you're contributing. And they're two different things. And in that time, different meant less than not equal to, whereas now we know different is equally valuable. Yeah. Okay. So you start to, you start to obviously realize that problem. Um, and so from your perspective, I don't think I've really like ever asked you this specifically, but did you feel, I uh, know, I guess we have talked about this. Like, did you ever feel like there was a time when it was like, this is just not going to work anymore? I know we had like some warring we had, arguments. We had some arguments that led to the D word. Yeah. Divorce. Um, I don't know if there's another D word, but I guess there is. Plenty. Um, hey, you started off, and now you're going back to that already. Gosh, she can't wait to get to that part of the conversation. Uh, so, so yeah, I think there did were some feel, heated was arguments. That anger, or did you really deep down feel like that was a realistic possibility? I I think it was for me more anger and frustration. Yeah, and that was my hope that if I said that in the midst of a bad argument, you would kind of wake up and say, Oh, like she's serious. Like she's really unhappy. Yeah. So let me work on that. Yeah. And I think it didn't work. It didn't work because at the time we were both so self-involved in what we were contributing and what the other wasn't Mm -hmm. that it was kind of like hopeless to even say that word and hope that it would shake the other person because yeah. We were too stuck in our own like frustration. That's so crazy to me to think about because um, when I talk now specifically to men, but just couples about marriage, we've had this conversation with couples about marriage too. Like sometimes it takes something really bad for them to awaken to the reality of like, you're going to lose this. So you better fight, fight with everything you can for it. But for us, that counsel, at least at that period of time, didn't work, right? Because whether you threatened, use that word, I did, you got angry and demanded something, I got angry. It just made it worse, right? Like It just was like, oh, yeah? Well, then, and so then it either turned into more anger and frustration. And I think for me, um, I think my kind of two ways to express it were to withdraw in the sense of, fine, I'm just going to kind of go be myself. Or... Um, or just feed into it harder, right? Just more angry. Uh, whereas for you, I feel like you did have some anger, but I think you were just far more withdrawing. And I remember like, uh, I'm not gonna like bring up specific situations right in the moment, but I feel as I look back now, I, I think one of the things that became most apparent was how our sex life changed. And I was, constantly feeling like I needed to, and and this is not on you, this is 100% on me, but like I constantly was feeling like I needed to ask for it, to initiate it to happen. And so then that was just making me more frustrated. But in reality, like that was part of your response to be like, you're not pouring into me. It's not that I don't want this or I don't love you, but how can I give this to you when you're treating me the way you are, right? right? Well, I think it was, I was feeling unseen, unloved, um, unappreciated. Yeah. So if I'm not feeling those things from you, then 
why would I want to express myself in an intimate way yeah. with you? Yeah. Because I did, I wasn't feeling that love from you. You know, yeah. typically men and women are so different in the way yeah. that we respond and then the things that um, turn us on or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. for me, if I see, if I'm feeling loved by you, then I know one of the things that makes you feel loved is our intimate time together. Yeah. And I want to do that more with you when I'm feeling that love from you. Yeah. Whereas opposed That's why I love to you all the time. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. no, 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 I, I get that. Okay. So, um, all these years later, uh, reflecting back on, um, I should want to say the way you handled that, but yeah, the way you handled that, like that, whether that was I'm sure at times it was intentional. Other times it was just a natural reaction or response. Do you feel like that was effective or beneficial or helpful? Well, no, it wasn't. It just continued to drive a wedge yeah. between the two yeah. of us. So it wasn't helpful, but it was all I knew to do yeah. because when I would express it to you, it didn't matter anyway. Yeah. So I felt like, okay, I'll just withdraw and internalize. Yep. But then of course, like we're emotional people. So it's going to come out at some point. Yeah. So it's not like you can just internalize forever. Yeah. Well, and, and I asked that and I'm glad you answered it that way. Uh, Cause it, I, I wouldn't have illustrated what I say now, which is like, there was no excuse for bad behavior, bad words, bad, whatever. But when we don't know how to handle those situations, which, we were exposing we're talking about now how often that was happening and we react the way that we think not out of wisdom sometimes out of immaturity or at least just inexperience sometimes we can drive more wedge like you said create further issue and so then i think that there was a, a, a lot of things that led to this but i think that's what you know drives Again, this is not an excuse. I need everyone to hear that like so clearly. What I'm about to say is not an excuse. It doesn't make it right at all. But this is what drives then the other spouse, in this case, me or, or, or a husband to pornography, uh, to strip clubs, which I, 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 I don't want to say played. Like I stepped into that world to some degree or to, to the worst case scenario, uh, which thank God I did not, but you know, infidelity again, like not excusing any of that, but when we don't know how to use the tools that God has given us in the right ways, because we don't have guidance, we don't have experience, we don't have influence. We didn't have the Lord at that time. Um, our, our reactions can sometimes actually just make things worse. And I know we don't want to do that, but that's what happens, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, we, we had this radical, um, uh, just season of change, things things came to a heightened degree. Um, we step into church, we come to faith. I'm kind of skipping over some of this only because a lot of people have heard uh, this part of the story. That didn't completely work in the sense that we had one final blow up, uh, St. Patrick's Day 2007. Uh, she's smirking now because uh, th this is one I, I remember I'm, I was writing this story again in my book and it's like just so stupid <laughs> you know i mean um you guys can all read about that later but that was just an all-day bender uh, of drinking that turned into an all-out war your parents were at the house right 
I know they were there early in the day. I don't remember if they were there when I got home or not. Mm -hmm. I thought they were, may not have been, but um, anyway, so, so that was the kind of the final blow up. So we make this kind of turn. Um, and so as our lives started to change, as we came to faith, as things started to happen, how was it for you to understand what God had called you to, what God had called us to as husband and wife, but then to, to walk through this season of forgiving, trying to forget? Like, how, how did you step through that? Because there's just a lot of damage done, right? Like, again, like I'm writing this book on wounds and there's like wounds Sometimes they heal, but they never go away. There's always a scar. There's always something. And so how was that? Because I think that there's a lot of people, men and women both, but I probably would say more women that are struggling by a wound that's been done to them. And they're trying to figure out, like, first of all, can I even do this? And if so, how do I do this? So just kind of briefly, I mean, you don't have to get into like crazy detail if you don't want to. Um, I think initially it was me just trying to work on me. Hmm. Um. And just trusting that God had me there for a purpose and was going to continue to do the work that I knew was necessary in me. Yeah. But I think what helped me continue to trust in God and what he was doing was seeing how much you were putting your everything into trying to do the same for yourself. Yeah. So if I hadn't seen the same type of initiative and the same type of desire to want to be a better husband from you. Mm -hmm. um, I could have spun my wheels as much as I wanted to and tried to be the best I could. But if you weren't doing the same thing, I think it wouldn't have, it would have helped, but it, it would have been then me carrying yeah. the relationship, which is so challenging for somebody to do. Yeah. And um, I think that causes so many other issues, but because I was doing what I needed, what I felt like I needed to do and trusting God and just kind of giving myself to hoping that God was going to make me into who he created me to be. And then knowing that you were doing the same. I think that that yeah. was what um, kept encouraging me to keep trying, even though things did still for the first, what, two years of us going to church, it was pretty challenging still. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the first six months was like nothing had changed, yeah. though we were going to church. And then little by little, again, that big breaking point, and then things yeah. started to change. I mean, I, I think that you you bring up a lot of great things. I think one of the things that comes to mind, and this is really on the back end of talking to all these men over the last, well, you know, so many years, but definitely just in, in conversations on this podcast you know, one of the things that I believe, we believe, is that men are called by God to be a leader in the home. And that doesn't go over well with a lot of people. I found by way of social media that uh, that gets a lot of uh, women specifically calling me a misogynist and a toxic masculine person, whatever. Anyway, so um, you love that, don't you? Mm -hmm. um, but what I have seen is that the majority of time, and I know that this is just overclassifying but or overgeneralizing generalizing, but the majority of time I find that it's the women that are fighting so hard for their marriages. Mm -hmm. They're the ones seeing the issues, they're the ones struggling. And again, you had your problems back then, you made your contributions to the greater bad, just like I did. Different, but you know, the same. Um 
But I feel like women are constantly fighting because men aren't stepping up. And so you said that you saw me making a change. Like if I hadn't, how much longer would you have continued fighting knowing what you, what you know now, even about what God calls you to as a godly woman in a marriage? Because the Bible says like, stick it out. Right. <laughs> for the most I mean, part, I think that's part. probably what I would have done. Yeah. Miserably. It would have been exhausting. Um, but God can do anything and he does it in his timing. So who am I to say, like, you have one year to get your shit together. Yeah. Can I say shit? You just did. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ooh, she's a cusser. Chloe's going to hear this. So, our youngest. so I think as challenging and grueling probably as it would have been, I yeah. probably would have tried to stick it out. My love for you was always strong. Like yeah. there was that never wavered, even in the midst of our hardest times. Yeah, for sure. And um, so I think I would have tried to stick it out, but it would have been really hard. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to stop and say, you just look so gorgeous when you're sharing like real wisdom. <laughs> Thanks. It's so true. Not so when I'm sharing stupid stuff. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> you don't say stupid stuff. Um, no, I think it's really cool, actually. Like this is just a good pause moment. I think that because I have been paid for so long to share wisdom and give advice and then, you know, being in my pastoral role and it was always just kind of what I was supposed to do. Um, that's just natural for me to do. Maybe it's not always great, but it's just natural for me to do. And you just don't get the same voice. And so I love it when you do share because you're so smart and you have so much great insight in there and it's not your nature just to like blast it out the way that I do. Um, but I love it. It's Thanks. really hot. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, okay. Back, back to our podcast or we're just going to get right out of the sex topic. And we're going to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I, I, I love the fact that you said that you were working on yourself. Um, this has been a really relevant conversation for us and, and we're talking, we're working with another couple right now. Or just trying to love on them and support them, not working with them, but love on them and support them. And this is one thing that they're stepping through. And so we see the importance of you have to work on yourself individually, but you also have to have some investment into the other side. You have to see the other side making the change. You have to see the other side uh, wanting and willing to grow. Yeah. Because if not, then as much as, again, this is hard to say, but like as much as God says, no divorce outside of infidelity and, and abuse. Um, at some point, human nature just says, I'm yeah. out. So um, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad that God did that in me. me. But I think that, you know, same thing for you, because um, though it was very different and mine, my challenges, my struggles were very raw and abrasive and edgy. Yours, especially as I've reflected back on them, were just more deeply emotional. And I think that it just took such a different toll on me. And I didn't know how to deal with that either. Right. Yeah. So like when I didn't feel, and again, maybe it was, you know, my doing a lot of the time, but when I didn't feel loved, supported, encouraged, or even something as simple as like, I come home and the house was dirty. Right. And I don't want to like overdo that, but uh, it was like, what the hell now she doesn't even, you know, yeah. she doesn't care at all. And so I just love that you have taken so much of this as an opportunity to grow yourself. And I think that's what's made us so much stronger together is, you know, not only did we both fight 
for each other, but we fought for ourselves and we continue to do that every day. So yeah. I think that that's been super helpful. So that's the end of, no, it's not. Um, okay. So fast forwarding kind of to present day. Um, what are your, I was going to do this at the end, but I think this is helpful now that I want to unpack some of these things, but like, what are, what do you believe are your kind of like keys to marriage? So a, a woman or a man comes to you and says, what what do you believe makes your marriage successful? What what do you think those things are? Or what do you know those things to be? Um putting your spouse ahead of everyone and everything else, I think is key. That Even? should be number one. Huh? Who does that who does that include? Everyone, you said everyone and everything else. Well, God first. Okay. Then Ryan. Okay. Then the kids. Okay. Okay. So stop right there. So that is a very, very touchy subject. It really is though, right? Like (laughs) there are so many moms right now that would say like, how dare you? This is going to be a social media clip. I'll I'll blur out your face so they can't target you. They can't even because I just call my social media. I'm private anyway. (laughs) (laughs) They'll find you. They're crazy. Um, But you, you just said that God goes first should be obvious to everybody. Um, Your spouse second and your kids third. Mm -hmm. Why do you believe that's so important? I've said this a lot, but I think for a woman, it's important for you to say why you believe it. Well, you and I paired off together, right? Minus the kids way long time ago. Um, The kids at some point are going to pair off with their person Hmm. and they're going to leave the nest. And then it's the two of us again. Yeah. And that's not the only reason, but I'm just saying like, that is like, I think that's a, something people forget when you have kids mm-hmm. is you put so much time and effort into raising them, which you should, it is vital. It is our job as parents. Yep. But if we're not investing the same type of time and effort and um, support and encouragement with our spouse, yep. then um, the kids are going to feel that and see that. And then I feel like that's where things can fall apart. Yeah. So if we're not investing in each other and we're only investing in the children, then we lose what we had before they were here. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, Okay. So priorities in terms of God, spouse, you said Ryan, like uh, spouse, children. So, so priorities in terms of people and the order that you prioritize that is important. What else? What do you feel makes you, um, Proud to be married uh, uh, gives us the ability to have, and this is, I'm not trying to get you to like build me up here. I want to hear because I say these things all the time for my side of things. And so what, what is it for you that are really those things that are just like, I love being married. This is what makes me continue to fight for my marriage. Uh, This is what's good. This is what's hard, whatever. Uh, Well, I mean, there's nobody else on this planet I'd rather spend my time with than you. So the fact that you're not only my husband, but you're my best friend, I think that's huge and um, is incredibly important to me. Yeah. Can we stop there? I know you love being interrupted, but <laughs> I think I, 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 when you said that, it made me think of something. So we are really different people. I mean, by person- yes and no. By, per- yeah. by person, like we could do every single personality test known to man and we're going to come up vastly oh, yeah. different, right? How we think, mm-hmm. how we act, how we speak, 
Um, you're far more chill generally, at least at, at you know, like kind of at, at first interaction with people. I'm very out, uh, outward, very just loud. Um, obnoxious, what some would say. You say obnoxious? Just a little. Obnoxious. I don't think you could ever find a time when somebody would say that's obnoxious and that would be a positive thing. Just tearing me down. Good Lord. We're going to talk about this afterwards. No, just kidding. Um, so, so I just think that we're vastly different per, from a personality perspective. And at the same time, I think that uh, both by way of us being friends, dating, um, and then over time in marriage, we've grown to love a lot of the same things, though, even now, like uh, maybe there's a type of music that I prefer more than you do. And you always change my playlists in the car or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's important because um, on one hand, people are like, well, um, opposites attract. And so that's true. But then when people are so opposite and don't take interest in each other, um, that can be destructive. And so then people are like, well, maybe I need to find someone that's a lot more like me. And that may be the case, but I don't think that that's always beneficial. So I just yeah. like the fact that, that you said that because I think it's important that we're not the same person. Um, and over time, we've, we've kind of grown to, again, love pretty much all the same stuff. Mm -hmm. But some of that was learned, right? Yeah, I think... Tolerated. I think opposites in personality is healthy. Yeah. I think there's like yin and yang to that like there's you know pros and cons to each of us and is i that think like the town and country sign i what remember i don't that? even know what that is remember the clothes that had that like circle and there was like a uh, a wave through half of it it's and... not a wave it's like a little paisley one is white and the other one's black you said i don't even know what you're talking about and then you just finished well, i don't my know sentence. what town and country is that was the clothing brand that used that logo dude i wasn't a surfer at it i didn't wear that Come on, you were an 80s baby. Stussy. Stussy. Town and country. I don't okay, know. whatever, whatever. We, we, we totally lost track. I re you really did make me feel <laughs> Okay, so. <laughs> oh, wait. I was going to say opposites and personalities are healthy. That was a good, that was a good catch. You're welcome. Opposites and personality are healthy. I think um, when you're too opposite in terms of uh, what you like and enjoy, yeah. I think that's where you have issues. That's good. So like we're totally different personalities, but we like so much of the same things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So um, that, that, that is, you, you talked about that being one key, the fact that we're best friends, that we enjoy the same thing. So we expanded on that. So what else? Um, let's see. You are incredibly supportive of me. And um, you encourage me regularly and you help me because we're different personality wise. You kind of help me get out of my comfort zone a lot. Sometimes when I want to, and sometimes when I don't. Um, and I think that's been huge, like in making me who I am today because we've lived so much of our lives together, you know, and so. I think more together now than apart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. More together than apart. Yes. Is that crazy? Very crazy. Whoa. We just probably recently passed that mark. Yeah. Damn. Um, That's good. Yeah. And I mean, I've been likewise, I mean, I'll just jump in real quick and say, I mean, likewise, you know, I, again, because of my business and I guess just the way I handle so many of my relationships, it's easy for people to see me as 
like the center of things and I'm trying really hard. <laughs> Why do you look at me like that? Because <laughs> I'm using that word and it like scares me to say it. But um, but I tell people all the time, like it's not lip service that from the time I remember going home to you the day that <clears throat> um, after I got laid off in 2011 and went interviewing and didn't love anything. And I remember the day that I said to you, um, I think I'm going to start my own business. And we had $500 in our checking account. I've said that so many times. I'll never get over how crazy that was. A mortgage, two kids, car payments, no savings, no 401k, nothing. We had nothing. Mm -hmm. And we had 500 bucks to our name. And I said, I think I'm going to start my own business. And you said, if you believe that you can do this, I believe in you. And you have hold true. You've held true to that statement forever. I mean, there's times definitely, you know, when you throttle things back, when I get a little bit over ambitious, but I, there's no way, there's no way that I could get up and, and do the job that I do. Um, there was no way that I could endure a lot of the challenges that I have without knowing that you are my number one cheerleader. Like I love telling you about my successes more than anybody else. I mean, they're ours, but you know, when I win, you know, something stupid or something small, it's like, Hey, guess what happened? Like, I love that. Yeah. And so I think that support is so big. So it definitely has to go both ways. Well, you've never given me a reason to not trust. At least not in the last 16 years. Sure. But I'm just saying, yeah. even back then, yeah, when right. things were harder for us and yeah. we were struggling and still trying to like figure marriage out, yeah. I still think if you had said to me that you were ready to try something else and do it on your own, I would have had the faith in knowing that it would work out. Oh, that means a lot. So you haven't given me a reason to not trust any decision that you think is going to be best for our family. Well, that's good. So trust, obviously. I think communication has been another big thing, right? Mm -hmm. We still still learning right I yeah i think we're still learning that i think we do a pretty good job yeah i know i struggle sometimes with my emotional side and how to share that with you yeah yeah no i think so but i think that we've gone through stages of that right because even from coming to faith in 2006 to 2017 we were we got really good at mm -hmm. kind of sharing our feelings and talking about things but i think that you know amongst many things we talked about this even on this podcast at times before but like one of the greatest gifts awful as it is to say that uh, of route 91 was it forced us to start checking in on each other mentally uh and i don't think we really did a good job of that before again i don't no. think we ne really needed to because it was did i just, we think, just didn't know that we yeah, did yeah there was no crisis yeah. yeah um and so i think that was super you know that that's been super helpful is just going through these phases and stages and challenging each other to keep having those discussions. And okay. So that's good. Um, okay. So those are some keys. So, so two of the things that I get the most pushback on, um, uh, when I talk about marriage, manhood, when I speak into marriage from a woman's perspective, uh, the first one, let's see which order do I want to go in. I think I'm going to go in this order. So the first one is, um, and, and, the, and these are kind of off of even like two of my viral TikTok posts, but I think that they're charged topics. So the one is separation, like having separate domains from your spouse. So 
I mean, I don't want to give a ton of context, just kind of let you talk, but how do you feel about that from a, what's mine is mine and what's yours is yours versus everything's all in the pot together and you can kind of just say whatever you want to that? Um, well, I'm a firm believer in what the Bible says, you know, the two shall become one flesh. And I think that goes all the way across the board, um, whether that's your bodies with each other, that's your finances, that's the way you plan to raise your children. I think all of that is, it's a team effort. You know, God didn't create us to just be by ourselves. You know, that's why Adam and Eve, you know, are descendants or whatever. But um, I think it's important that if we're married, then we're all in, yeah. both of us. And so all in, all in means every aspect of life together. Yeah. <clears throat> so 20... One, almost 22 years into marriage. Do you feel like there's anything in our relationship that's separate? That you don't that you don't know? I mean, you're unsure of? gladly, I don't know all of our finances, but that's not, <laughs> that's not because you, <laughs> that's not because you don't want to tell me or yeah. you, you're hiding it from me. It's because honestly, I really don't care as long as everything is taken care of. I don't, I don't need to see how much is coming in. Yeah. So that is maybe, maybe that, but like I said, that's not because you're forbidding me from knowing it's yeah. just because I don't care. I don't, yeah. wanna, I don't, I don't need to see it. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, that's good. I mean, I think that like, even you saying that now always reminds me that I think I still need to do a better job because if God forbid I get zapped off the planet today for whatever reason, that doesn't set you up very well. Right. And so I think that's an area that I've faltered in. And I just keep kind of putting it off because it's a lot of work and it will take a lot of organization as organized as I am. Like it'll yeah. still take a lot more. And I'm like, oh gosh, to do that. And then have to sit you down and go through it. I mean, you showed me the spreadsheet that you use for all of our bills and you know, all of that. It's not that I haven't seen it. It's just, I don't yeah. regularly yeah. need to see it. It doesn't matter to me. So whereas that was a contentious point. 15 years ago, you feel absolutely comfortable with it is what it is. We share equally and yep. what comes in, what goes out. I think it's always funny, you know, because the kids at times, right, they try to like, this is where they try to like take little ninja stabs. And they're like, well, that's dad's money. And I think oh. like, we, you know, <laughs> and I think that we even have to teach them, right? Yeah. I think it's really important because it it is really easy for somebody from the outside or even as a couple it's like well i go make the money and you take care of the house but i just said and i, I firmly believe it i can't make money if you're not supporting me 100 percent and not taking care of the house mm -hmm. and not taking care of the kids and and not that i don't do some degree of investment into each of those things but i can't do what i do to the degree i do it without you doing those things mm -hmm. so for someone to even say well you go out and make the money and she does in our relationship that's just not true yeah Right. And so I think that that's really important. And I think it's something that, you know, we're trying to do the best we can to encourage the kids and to teach the kids because they're going to grow up. Hopefully they're going to, you know, marry men that are there to support them. And who knows? We'll, we'll see what kind of rocket science Chloe gets into. But, you know, with the way Alexis is, you know, the trajectory that she's on, she'll probably get married to someone that's going to provide more finances than she does. Mm -hmm. But we never want her or him to ever feel like one's contributing more than the right. other in that regard, right? right? Okay, so that's good. Um, so that's charge topic number one, charge topic number two, and and, and I don't want to I don't want to spend tons of uh, time on this, but 
Uh, I think like sex is a really charged topic. And so um, I'm trying to think of what's most helpful. So how important of a role do you feel that plays in a relationship? And how do you feel from the woman's perspective you can do the best job you can to keep that in the place that it should be? Um, well, I think it's super important. Uh, it's really hard to say this because I don't know if it makes any sense, but I think it's really, really important for men. And I think it's, Jeez. it's important no. for women. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's really, really important for men, which should make it really, really important for women. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> What's the question again? Oh, it's so important for you that you got lost in it. So, so I said, you know, like, you know, how important is that? And, um, and then from that, like, how do you, how do you continue to keep that in the right view? Like, how do you keep sex in the place that it should be? Um, that it's in, that we're keeping it in perspective, that we're putting value to it, that we're not overemphasizing. I mean, I don't think we overemphasize it, but. I think it's just if if you're this is this goes back to like our struggles in the past. I wasn't feeling loved, I wasn't feeling cared for, I wasn't always up for it, right? Yeah. Um where now I'm always feeling loved, I'm always feeling cared for. And unless I'm super tired, I'm always up for it. Gee. I'm no, just being honest. No, I'm totally kidding. I'm, I'm totally just kidding. being honest. I'm totally kidding. And um so, yeah, I think it should be something that we're regularly thinking about. Yeah. And sometimes it even takes like if you're busy and you're stressed out, it even takes in the morning. You say, OK, we're going to do it tonight. Yeah. And you're thinking about it all day. Yeah. And usually that ends up making it even that much more pleasurable because you're thinking about it all day. Yeah. And so then when the time comes, it's just more exciting that way. Yeah. And so sometimes you have to say to yourself, OK, tonight, you know, it's not spontaneous. But it is. Yeah. I, I, okay. So that that's really good. I actually saw this. Some some woman recently on social media talked about like you know scheduling it out, and it sounds so. Well, it sounds rigid yeah. and cold, but. But I think you're right. I think that. Um, I don't divulge too much. I, I think that it's important that we that there's spontaneity. Mm -hmm. That there's times that it's like just go, whatever. Right appropriately not knock one out whatever you call it um you know in the right space in the right time and you know that was fun and i think there's that but i i don't think there's anything wrong with especially you know a lot of couples are struggling because of their kids and like mm -hmm. don't let your kids sleep in your bed with you because that's going to quarantine you from ever having sex yeah. with the child but uh, i think that you're right i think that setting it up well i mean just because you say you know tonight it's not like tonight at 901 we're going to no, and then yeah. we're going to last for you know whatever it's like just tonight it's going to happen and so i do think that that it creates that anticipation i think that also it it, it, it prioritizes it because if not i'm sure that there's times on your side and there is on mine too as much as like i'm down as often as we can possibly have sex to have sex but there's times when like you, you think about it, but then the day's long, you're tired, you've been up a little bit too late, and you're like, you know what, just bed tonight. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of funny to me because those nights when we're literally on the verge of like sleep, 
And I'm like, no, I'm not letting the night go. Mm-hmm. Those sometimes are the most like amazing sexual experiences. So I think that that's important. I think the scheduling, I just think that like we need to be so intentional. If we're going to be intentional about yeah. everything else, why not that? Yeah. Well, that's what I think that's the key word is intentionality. Yeah. It sounds better than schedule because yeah. it no, just sounds I, so cold. But, but I think it's fair. Intentionally saying to myself, and it's not like I call you and be like, hey, tonight's the night, baby, even though hey, we, you could. maybe we do. But you text me sometimes. Usually that. that's not how it works. Usually it's in my head. I'm like, okay, tonight. And then it's great. Yeah. Because then you have you're you're thinking about it, you have the anticipation and you're excited and you're ready. You yep. know? And so yep. I think sometimes it's really important to do that. Yeah. Because it can't always just be spontaneity. Like no. it's not gonna just be like, oh, throw me up against the wall. Like yeah. not with kids in the house. Yeah. I mean, it just can't happen like that. Yeah. So Yeah, no, no, no. I I think that that's really, really good. Yeah. Okay. Um as a woman in a healthy relationship and a healthy marriage, how does that affect the way you live the rest of your life? Well, I think gratitude is like a big part of it for me. Just looking at where we are mm. and, and where we've come from. I think that's huge, but, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are longing for love and they're longing to be married to their best friend, too. And um, sometimes it happens <clears throat> and sometimes it doesn't. And so I just always want to remind myself how incredibly blessed I am yeah. to have been given the partner that God's given me and you. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's a big part of it is just gratitude and then um, looking forward to like what our future is going to be like. Yeah. Even though I get a little bit sad because the kids are getting older and at some point we're going to be en- empty nesters, which is the weirdest yeah. thing in the world for me to think about. At some point we'll be too old to have sex. That's never happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> See, now we're on that topic. No. Um, okay. Let me, let me talk, let me ask you like a little bit more practically about that because I believe that an individual in a professional capacity cannot perform at the highest level in that professional role if personally their life is not good. So if a man or a woman is living in a bad marriage or a struggling marriage, a stressful marriage, and I'm talking like extra stress, sure. not just the day-to-day realities, there's no way they can go do their job to the to their top performance. We see this in athletics all the right. time, whether it's Tom Brady right now. Uh, having the worst season of his career uh, as he's getting a divorce, when Tiger Woods blew his life apart and finally got found out about it, his golf game came up. We see this a lot in, yeah. in sports, but the same thing happens in our professional roles. For you, you don't go to a workplace, mm-hmm. and so there's no metric. But do you feel like, as a woman carrying yourself in the world today, um, a, a woman that goes to the gym? that builds relationships, that has friendships with other people, that interacts with people at church, do you think that you would be different, struggle to show up as your whole self in those roles if our marriage was different, if our marriage was not in a good place? Well, yeah, because I wouldn't have any more of me to give to anybody else. Mm. If I was stressed out and and hurting inside, then how am I going to be a help to somebody out there who's having struggles? Yeah. So I won't be able to fully give my whole heart to the to that person and be there for them in that situation if I wasn't healthy at home. That's good. That's good. Okay. 
any final parting words of wisdom, comedy, advice, encouragement? I want to just rip on somebody right now for fun. We haven't talked really negatively about anything. It's probably better. <laughs> Let's Come end on, on a high note. Politics. <laughs> we can talk about that fun stuff. No, no, no. Okay. No politics. Okay. Let's um, go there. Anything, any, anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? That you thought I didn't really set you up. You he he did not set me up. I had no clue what we were talking about other than marriage. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But look at how natural this is. I think that I think that's what's super important is this is just our life. Yeah. And I think I think that makes it a lot better than some scripted reality. Well, I could have had a little direction. No, this was good. Been nice, some bullet points. No, because. I think what's super helpful again is this, these are just your natural responses to the experiences of life and the conversations that we're having. I think that if you, if we prepare, I think we can kind of prepare to project thing in any yeah. which way we want. And and people listening to this don't know if we actually really did that and are just making this whole thing up right now. But mm-hmm. I think that that was part of what I wanted to do. I said to you, like, I just want to get on. I just want to talk about marriage and kind of your perspective on me and how things have changed over time because I get to project that onto other people um, but I think that that was really helpful. And I think that along the way, you just by nature of who you are and the experiences that you, you've had, you're just able to impart a lot of wisdom to not just women. I, I really hope that as people hear this, whether they see clips on social media or listen to this whole episode or watch it or whatever, that they they that it's not just the women that are taking this, but there's men that need to learn from things you've said Um and or can at least hear from your perspective i think that's a better way to say that i think that i've said this before and i'll reiterate this again i think wisdom says women should ideally learn from other women i think that that's where the best perspective is gained i think that's where just experience lends itself we understand each other a little bit more. yes women to women men to men but i also think that there's men that can glean from the things that you said experiencing what you have uh, being married to me and, and dealing with that from your side. We're far, we're quite far along in our marriage in terms of years. And we've put in a lot, we've endured a lot. So I think it's super helpful. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up. Uh, I forget what episode number this is. So I'm not going to say that, but it definitely wraps up season two. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this so much. I am beyond grateful that you support uh, my podcast, uh, my message, uh, more than anything, it, it, it's far greater than this idea that I want men to be the greatest men they can be or women to be the greatest women they can be, is I deeply believe that inside of us, we have the potential to be something so much greater than most of us are. And that's because God has created us to do that. That doesn't necessarily mean uh, a wealth of finance or, or just a, an abundance of finances, though that may be the case. Um but it just, it, there, there's so much that we're leaving on the table when we are not tapping into all that God's created us to be. We experience that as individuals, as a married couple. Uh, and I know for you guys listening, you know, that's something that you can take to heart. So thank you for that support. I'm excited to start sharing soon what's coming up for the next uh, season. I, I will touch on just the fact real quickly. Uh, so as many of you have heard, I'm in the process of writing a book tentatively titled Wounds. Uh, I'll get more into that later Um, But the idea is that I realized that so much of my hurt, heartache, and tragedy in life all helped to reveal the greatness that God had put into me. 
and allowed me to be the man that he created me to be. And so I'm going to be inviting other people onto this show to be able to share similar experiences, wounds that they've had, hurts that they've gone through, tragedies that they've experienced, and how that has shaped them for the good. We don't like what's happened. We don't love what's happened. And we would rather not have those things happen, but they do. And so how can we use those things for good? So all that to say, thank you guys so much. Just appreciate you more than words can say. Baby love, thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course, you're welcome on any time. <laughs> all right, guys, that wraps it up. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com slash podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.